0: Welcome to the Everything is Earned podcast. My name is Mike, and we are Everything Cleveland. I'm excited to break down everything going on in your Cleveland sports world today. Uh, Tim, again, here is, is not going to be with me today, but no worries. I will keep you guys locked in as to what's happening in your Cleveland sports world. And uh, a lot did happen this this week here. Uh, I know first and foremost that we had the NFL trade deadline, and it kind of came and went, and really the Browns didn't do anything uh that exciting or that splash worthy. Uh, I know one of the big things that we we had talked about was Trent Williams and adding some depth to the offensive line, but it didn't happen. Uh, The asking price, I believe, was too high. There was some some really funny stuff out there as far as um, (laughs) trading... Denzel Ward is what they were asking in a, in a pick. And uh, the Browns just aren't going to give that up to uh, to the Redskins for an offensive lineman. Denzel Ward is an absolute playmaker and a game changer. And you're not going to change that just for an offensive lineman. Um, so disappointing there. that the, the Browns don't add uh, additional help on the offensive line. I know Justin McCray had a really low uh, PFF grading. So pro football focus. They graded him very low on last week's performance. Uh, which was kind of disappointing. I thought he had a okay game, but there was definitely moments where he needed to play better. and so you know that left tackle position is still a position of concern. I don't know if they're gonna move Robinson back into that left tackle position, but um if it helps any, I know Nick Chubb had a massive game, and I don't think it was because the left tackle, but you know we'll we'll see what uh, how it all shakes out. One of the things that was positive over last uh, last week's game. Uh, was uh, was Teller the uh, the the right tackle? So he he was in there and he played very well. Uh, actually, he graded out very well. I thought he uh, he made a big block um, a couple times uh, during some Nick Chubb runs. So excited to see what he can do going forward. I think he's a, a big enough body that you'll you'll uh, you'll see some some improvement on the offensive line with him. But you know, going into the trade line, we really thought we we'd go pick up an alignment and, and give uh, Baker Mayfield some additional protection here. But the Browns didn't didn't do it at all. So we go into the uh, the this week's matchup with uh, with the Broncos with the same offensive line. Um, however, they did make a trade uh, for Genard Avery. Uh, they shipped him out um, to the uh, the Philadelphia Eagles in exchange for a fourth round draft pick uh, in 2021. So. It's gonna take a little bit for that to pay off, but uh, if you're not gonna use him, might as well get something for him. He originally was a fifth down draft pick, so a little bit of a, a return on your investment there, but not a not a great haul. Um, but you weren't using him, so you know what are you gonna do? So, flashing forward to the Broncos matchup here uh, uh, in Denver, it, it's it's gonna be a a it should be an easy one. Let's let's put it that way. The the Browns should have absolutely positively no problem beating Denver but you know we're having that kind of season where it just feels like it could be a little bit of a trap game where the Browns could uh, could walk in there and find themselves in a battle that they don't need to be in their starting quarterback Joe Flacco who he isn't great in the first place his past his prime uh, is not playing um so you have Brandon Allen and uh you know we don't really know much about him at all because you know he's a rookie um so what are you going to do? I mean, you have you have a rookie, you have a rookie quarterback. Uh, they trade away Manuel Sanders. They have limited, uh, limited availability there as far as offensive weapons. Uh, Philip Lindsay, their running back, is questionable, uh, and their defense is missing, uh, missing Bradley Chubb. He's out for the year. So the team is clearly not the same team that they were to start the year. Denver is vulnerable and with a lack of offensive ability. The Browns should really put the clamps on them and get a a solid. Uh, I would say even beat down win against the Broncos. And that's what I'm looking for. If you go into this game and pull out a tight one with 10 penalties and three turnovers and you barely win, then nothing has changed week to week. And you have to make an, a steady improvement here if you're going to even sniff the playoffs uh, to end the season here. So you have to go into this Denver game and put it away and put it away early and do it effectively effectively. And do it with discipline, and that's one of the things that we haven't seen from the Browns since the Ravens game. And uh, we need to have an effective game plan and just put these guys uh, to sleep early. I think it's going to be uh, a matchup where that that that's definitely open to, to doing. And you know, in the NFL, anything can happen, but you absolutely have to shut these guys out uh, early on and, uh, and and make the game out of question, so you don't have yourself a, a tight matchup where you're trying to beat a, a a mediocre Denver team. So, Denver is a good, a good defense, but we definitely, they definitely don't have the offensive weapons to compete with the Browns. And you know, unless we're continually shooting ourselves in the foot like we have done this season, the Browns should win this match up no problem. So, what if you go and beat Denver? What then? Do we start to feel good about the Browns? Are we ready to turn over the, the new leaf and say this is this team is what it is supposed to be? You know, are we excited yet? I don't think the answer is quite yes. Uh, I think you're probably about two weeks away from knowing what you have in this Browns team. You have to beat Denver, and I think you have to beat the Bills. And if you get these two in a row, if you string these two in a row, I think you'll build some real momentum because you should win in Denver, and you should definitely beat the Bills uh, if you're you think you're an elite team. I know they're having a great season; they're they're five and two right now. But I think if you want to think about the playoffs, you want to think about being an elite team, being a, being a top tier team, you have to take care of business, uh, these next two weeks. And then, and only then, if you take those next two wins, then I think you can start feeling good about this Brown season going forward because you're getting Kareem Hunt back. And, uh, you know, it, whether or not we know how to use them is, is a whole nother question, but you're getting Kareem Hunt back after the bills game. I think, uh, I think it's time to turn the jets on and really get after it. And, uh, and and start putting our money where our mouth is because we've done enough talking this year the Browns clearly have a collection of talent but what we need to see is them put it all together and really uh take these next two wins for us to have some positive momentum and to start building on this season and and turning into what it should be and, and close it out very strong so I think you have to win Denver I think if you win in uh win against Buffalo you really build that momentum that the Browns fans have really been waiting to see, waiting to have. The season just hasn't felt like we've wanted it to feel. We wanted the season to be very exciting. We wanted it to be a big time, you know, we're going to score 30 points. No one's going to stop us. Baker Mayfield's going to be running around and tossing touchdowns. And it's just been honestly a very frustrating year so far. And I think all fans feel that. So I'm ready to, to shake off the frustration. I'm ready to to turn new leaf here and uh, I'll get this win in Denver and start the start the ball rolling. So we have to do that. We have to keep, we have to, to make it a, a quick, I want to say easy win and then and then look forward to the uh, the game against Buffalo. So flipping flipping the script a little bit, I want to talk about the Cavs because the Cavs are starting to become a very interesting, very intriguing story for me. And the reason that is, is I think I'm gonna be right. I know you guys know I love to be right here, but I think I'm going to be right, and what I mean by that is I think the Cavs are going to be a 7th a, a and 8th RA seed in the playoffs. Looking at the team and looking at what we were able to accomplish um, just in the first four games here is quite impressive, and we're 2-2, two and two, we're undefeated at home, but when I, when I say it's impressive, I mean because they're taking the talent they have, they're utilizing the pieces that are in place. And players are performing up and up to their ability for the most part. Uh, Tristan Thompson is playing well above his ability. He looks like the best version of Tristan Thompson we've ever had. I'm quite honestly very impressed with his play. He had a career high five blocks there night against uh, against the uh, Chicago Bulls, and I, I'm just loving watching him play. He's playing with a passion and with a fire that I know Tristan always plays with. But it's just really impressive when you start to see what he's able to do uh, on the offensive end that we haven't seen from him in the past, and his rim protection has gone up dramatically. His timing is better. He's taking on uh, the best players, and he's not backing down to anybody. And it's really, um, it's really pretty impressive. I, I he had a couple of really aggressive dunk backs, uh, you know, on on uh, on Wednesday against against the the Bulls. And his play honestly kept the Cavs in the game. Early on in the first quarter, they had dropped down by I think eight or nine, and Tristan Thompson came back with back-to-back buckets. And uh, and and when they called timeout, he was he was barking all the way to the bench and was jacked up and was yelling. And I just loved to watch that aggressiveness at him because they uh, they seem to like really playing with each other. And Tristan's like leading this group with Kevin Love, and it's it's kind of an odd pairing. Because I know they've been here for a while, but they're they're taking this team and they're really leading them so far, and they're putting guys in the position to be successful. And John Beeline has just impressed me greatly early. I think he's just going to be a phenomenal coach in the NBA, and he's learned and adapted so quickly already in the few games we watch him play and, or rather, coach. And I just love what I'm seeing out of beeline. I think I think he's really, really impressive. The Chicago game that happened Wednesday was definitely a losable game, but I think our coaching made the difference and he put guys in the position to be successful. Um, you know, it seemed like every every moment of the game. Um, you know, when Delhi wasn't doing it, he stopped playing Delhi. When he realized that Kevin Porter Jr. was starting to get a feel for the game, they gave Kevin Porter Jr. more minutes. When they knew that Jetty was getting open for threes and he was gonna get his opportunities, they started running things more to Jetty. I mean, it was it was like they they were re-reacting the the game, and it was wonderful to see because they weren't just playing players to play players. They're playing they're putting players in a position to be successful based on the matchups, based on what was going on on the court. And I love seeing that because it really, uh, it really showed uh, you know what how what an impact a coach could have on the game, especially for a young team, a team that's building uh, like the Cavaliers. And it was great to see Tristan and Kevin Love really lead the way. I mean, Kevin Love was an absolute animal the other night. Uh, I believe he pulled down like 20 boards. Let me just check the stat real quick here because it was it was wildly impressive. We might have Minnesota Kevin back. I know. Everyone's been saying, "Oh, we want, uh, you know, we want, we want Minnesota Kevin back. We want to see him, you know, get bulked up and get after it." And I don't think you need a bulky Kevin Love to have Minnesota Kev. Kevin went uh, 17 points, 20 rebounds. That's impressive. That's some big grown man stuff right there. Kevin Love went out there, made it happen. And um, he was gobbling up the rebounds. He almost had a double-double in the first quarter. He set the tone very early that he was going to control the glass. And the Cavs were going to control the glass. And they did that throughout the game. And it was uh, it, it was quite honestly impressive what he was able to do out there. Um, the Cavs easily won the rebounding battle uh, 57-41. I think that's a staple of this year's Cavaliers. Is they're going to control the paint. And they're not going to apologize for it. When you... When you have uh, advantages, you have to play those advantages. And I think every night when the Cavs step on the floor, they have two of the best big men on the floor in terms of Kevin Love and Tristan Thompson. Now you can argue with me all you want about that, but I think it's simply the case. When you have guys with that type of uh, ability and with that type of uh, championship pedigree, you have to understand that we're going to we're going to we're going to attack the rebounds and we're going to win the glass battle. And if we do that, the Cavs are going to put themselves in a great position to win every night. Now they're not going to have you know the the player that's going to go out and going to get you a bucket when you need one necessarily, but I think you're developing guys like Garland, uh, like Sexton, like Kevin Porter that can go get you a bucket. And it was really evident the other night when you watched the end of that Bulls game. They had just a very aggressive, very um like very um high pace. Uh, physical play to end the game and they were not going to back down to the Bulls, especially at home. And, you know, they all rallied together. They all put together um, some real hustle plays, some real momentum changing plays. Tristan Thompson had two mega blocks at the end and then Colin Sexton had that ridiculous dunk that no one saw coming and it just put the icing on the cake and, and, uh, and, and sealed up the game. And it was really impressive to watch uh, a young team like that battle through some ups and downs throughout the game, and then string together some you know some quality possessions down the stretch, and then get the ball to playmakers and uh, and close a game out like that that was easily uh, in the balance and could have been lost. But coaching and determined play and uh, and cohesive play uh, came together, and, and, and the Cavs got the win. So uh, we play Indiana tonight uh, against uh, against Indiana in Indiana. I know we beat them during the uh, home opener the other day. So they'll look to bounce back, but I think the Cavs uh, need to go grab their first road win here and um, build on the momentum that they, they built up the other day. So you take that, uh, that positive momentum from the Chicago game and you go into you know this this Indiana game, and you play the Mavericks on Sunday, and you start to build some positive momentum. And it's going to be interesting to see how the Cavs match up against a team like the Mavericks on Sunday and like a team like the Celtics next week and just see where development is. One of the things to watch out for early on is Brandon Knight is playing like no minutes at all. I don't know if it's because they're shopping him right now or because he just doesn't fit the game plan, but Brandon Knight is not getting in. Beeline is favoring Deladova over uh, Knight, and we'll see if that trend continues or if it's just something that they're trying to shop, but if you're not going to use Brandon Knight, I'd like to see him moved just so you can get some assets back here. So I think he's a, a, a serviceable NBA player. I just don't think he's going to end up on this roster if, if uh, B-Line's not using him already. So, something to, something to consider, something to think about. But, you know, some positive things to think about in the Cleveland sports landscape here. I, I'm excited for what the Cavs have done so far. I think I'm going to be right about this about this playoff potential they have. And I need to watch the Browns go out there and play a disciplined game of football. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse here but I want to see discipline, quality play, and I want to see Freddie coach a good game from start to finish. So those are going to be my key points here going forward. I'm excited because I'm excited for what we got going on here. Um, We'll get back with you here uh, very soon, and we'll talk more to you guys on on Monday uh, after the Browns game and uh, and after these two Cavs games, and hopefully we'll, we'll have some wins to talk about. But I appreciate you guys stopping by. Again, my name is Mike. This is the Everything is Earned podcast. We are everything in Cleveland. Jeez. We are everything Cleveland. That's that's our name here. And uh, remember that in Cleveland, everything is earned.